0: I get called
1: by Big Sean. You gotta come to the studio. Gotta come to the studio right now. I was like, yo, I'm about to go. He's like, I don't care. Come to the studio. I was like, all right. I get to the studio. I don't know. I'm thinking he's doing something. Next thing you know, he's like, I'm on my way there. He calls me again. Yo, Ye is here. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I get in. Skirt. Skirt. Boom. I get in. Ye is playing. Ye is, Ye is uh, tweaking. He's, he's mixing. Power, the song power, and he's trying to get these certain drums that he needs for the for the joint. Oh, uh, why Jay Z walks in? So now in the in the studio, it's Jay Brown, Jay Z, Kanye, Big Sean, Ron Fester's in the back, a track. Wow, I'm sitting there. I'm looking at Sean like I just want to hug him, just to be like, thank you. You know, for bringing me here, having me come. Yeah, yeah, check it out.
2: I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. Uh, Yeah. Everybody tuning in, you invited, you invited. No matter what mood you're in, get excited, get excited. Everybody love the music. Let me tell you how they do it. Whether writer or an agent, let me tell you how they made it. You are now talking to a silent giant. Wanna walk in their shoes, silent giants want to study they move silent giants want to know what they do silent giants silent giants y'all <laughs> welcome to the silent giants podcast a podcast highlighting the superstars behind your favorite superstars and creative industries i'm your host Corey cambridge to keep up with the latest in the show be sure to follow us on instagram at at silent giants podcast to keep up with my life music and more be sure to follow me as well at, at Corey Cambridge. Today on the show, we have a very special guest, Daytuan Thomas, editor-in-chief of Vibe Magazine. In this episode, Daytuan shares stories about getting a start in journalism, creating the iconic King Magazine, and experiences being in the studio with Kanye West. I promise these are stories you'll definitely want to hear. So, without further ado, let me introduce you to the journalist, the editor-in-chief of Vibe Magazine, my friend... The silent giant, Dayton Thomas. <laughs> My man, Dayton, what's going on, man? What's
1: going on before I sip this L. Presidente? Hey, man, you know. <laughs> hey, so,
2: so, by the way, I'm very shocked that Presidente is even here because you've been in the Dominican Republic before?
1: Mm-mm.
2: Only beer that you will find in DR, the only one is Presidente. It's President. Oh, there's another beer, Presidente Light.
1: <laughs> That's it. That's it. No Corona.
2: No, like nothing. No red stripe. No, nothing.
1: You can't be serious. I don't no care. Modella.
2: I don't care if it's the finest dining experience in Dominican Republic. This is it. Or if it's like the 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 shack spot. Yeah. Presidente is everywhere.
1: Let me tell you something, man. I, and it's funny that you mentioned the uh, Dominican Republic. I already know this is gonna be a great <laughs> podcast. I want y'all to know that. So my wife. We've been married for like 17 years now. And, of course, I started King Magazine. You know, Mr. King of all the girls. That didn't get that you stuff. in trouble. Yeah, that alone <laughs> should have been like the marker for her to be like, yo, what are you doing? Like, this is crazy. There's only one thing that she, that she said I can't do. I can't go to the Dominican Republic. Dude. That's the one place. That's That and maybe Brazil. Everywhere else in the world is fair game, right? And I'm like, yo... What are you talking about? She's like, nah, you ain't going to the Dominican Republic you, without me. She's very smart. She went. She's very smart. She went with her homegirls. They went to the Dominican Republic. I ain't say nothing. But obviously there's something out there in the Dominican oh. Republic that I can't go with. Me Can I tell boy. you? Please do.
2: Okay. Going to the Dominican Republic. You ever wonder, like, you know... Uh, there's some rare times that you're able to put yourself in a, a certain person's shoes. Right. Right? right. So, uh, with women, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They will always complain about, oh, uh, these guys are heckling me. Oh, man. Oh, you know, um, you know every, like, guys are looking at me like sex objects. You right. know what I mean? And I was never able to really sympathize because, like, I can't, you know, I'm not, not in their it. shoes. Yeah. I mean, I understand, but I'm not truly understanding right. the way that, like, I probably should understand. Or they, or they want me to understand. <laughs> so that's what it feels like going to the Dominican Republic. That's crazy. Because what the prostitution thing. So what the women are beautiful. So they catcalling you. But it's not prostitution the way you think. Right. Right? It's not prostitution like you're you're uh, like hey, they're on the you street corner. Daddy. Right. They're not <laughs> on the street corner. There's no fishnets. <laughs>
1: nah. Like
2: you're just at a party. Yeah. Right? And the party's lit, right? Yeah. Beautiful women. And like a girl would just come up to you and just like, "Hey, what's up?" Like very like, very just home girl-ish. Just yeah, just on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the thing you know, like it's it's getting it's getting popping. You know it's what right I'm saying? And then
1: next thing you know, they cooking. They cooking oh. for you in, at your spot.
2: Before they before you get to the spot though, <laughs> and they'll be they be with you for like three hours. Wow. Right, yep. chilling.
1: Yep. Wow.
2: Then they want money.
1: Mm.
2: You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it got to a point. It got to a point <laughs> on the trip where, like, you, I was just looking for a white person. Because I knew if you were white.
1: We was going to be good.
2: Right, because it's black people down there. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm like, no one can be trusted at this point. Yo, I, I'm just, I'm done. I'm
1: tired. Dancing the biggie. And then next thing you know, it's like, yo, Dude, what's I'm,
2: up? I'm talking about so serious. I literally go to the party and just find Sally Sue in the corner. <laughs> From like Wichita, <laughs> and be like, yeah, what's going on?
1: Let's, let's holler.
2: What do you do? Oh, oh, insurance? That's awesome. That's I love that. Like, true. I'm with it. So it's trust me, it's definitely not the place you go. And I went with my
1: boys too. Oh man. Yeah, I, the stories that my boys have come back with, insane.
2: Yeah, like it's it's definitely insane. Your wife's very smart.
1: Yeah, she's like, no, you not. Nah, 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 she's very she's intuitive. Like, You've been no,
2: no, 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 for sure, because. It's Damn. not. It's not even you.
1: Yeah, that's you me. are yo. a good guy. Hey, I try to be.
2: Yeah, you are a good guy. <laughs> it's the system. The system Shoot. down there is flawed.
1: I'm like, yo, you you going? Though? yeah, I'm different. I'm good. Oh so, man, so, how you doing, man? How's life? Oh man, everything is beautiful, man. Like as much as um, I go out to L.A. You know to work, do shoots, and all that stuff, have meetings and everything. And everybody's all nice and cool. It's a nice little pace. You know, the, the traffic is, is the traffic out there. Yeah, Same right. as here. For some reason, the New York tra- traffic seems way more aggressive when it's stopped than out there. Oh, yeah. And I'm trying to get to different meetings and stuff. And I'm like, yo, come on, man. Let's go. Or if I'm in... They're the also joints-
2: probably high.
1: Yeah. It's- I mean, that <laughs> being high and driving will do that to you. <laughs> like, when you hotbox in no, the wind... No, it's different. Hey, man, I'm going to get there
2: when I get there. I get there when I get there. No
1: anger. No anger, man. You chill and... I see why Puff and Jay and Russell and everybody's moving to L.A. These are New York people. Yep. these are quintessential. He Puff has it tatted on him. New York tatted. Russell is Mister New Mister Hollis. Jay Z is Marcy Projects. Puff is Harlem. Yeah, where are they? In Beverly Hills, Calabasas. Dude, I, no. I'm I'm
2: conflicted because. I love New York City. I love the hustle. I, I love the people. Yep. I love being stimulated every single day. I love never having a day that's exactly the same. It's never the same. You Isn't that I mean? crazy?
1: You can have your routine, but it's never the same. It's never the same. That's ill. That's ill. There's always some, some so i call them variables.
2: Yes. There's always random variables yep. sprinkled throughout train your day.
1: Being bugged out will change your whole trajectory of your Stepping dog shit. It's over. Is your day, what you doing now?
2: You on road to Broadway? Somebody yes. asking you for money, crazy. <laughs>
1: you know what I'm saying? Like one homeless dude with an
2: attitude could change your whole week. Roommate didn't do the dishes. <laughs> you touched on the point earlier about Jay, uh, Diddy, and Russ living in L. A. Like, how was that affected? Because I've now, realized that the entertainment industry is really in L. A. Now? Yeah. There's not a lot of artists here. Yeah. How has that affected? Like your Your life as a as a journalist
1: i have to go out there to do the stories you know not just because of them but just because they shift the the game so much right you know of course yeah they they shifted so much and then when you think about who's already there in a dr dre and you know what i mean like those are the guys that pretty much dictate everything that goes on within the industry um even
2: Kendrick now, like even the, the hottest
1: is, rapper in, on, man. in mm-hmm. rap right he's now is there. L.A. Yeah, it's yeah. out there. Um, when when I think about where New York is right now, we don't necessarily have the, the nightlife that fueled the glory days of hip-hop that came out of here. You know, you, back in the 90s, you could you, you can go to the Muse, you can go to tunnel. the Tunnel, yeah. you can go to Home Base, you can go to Esso's or Carbon or exit, or you can go to these things. You can go to, um, even Butter, you know, downtown, they used to have tramps and for the underground stuff that you really wanted to do. You don't have that anymore. Like,
2: what is, where is the, like, One Oak?
1: Oh, uh, One Oak. There was Greenhouse for a there little greenhouse. bit. There was Whip for a little there bit. Was whip for a little there bit. That was, like, that know, mid-2000s. That was, like, after
2: Chris like Brown? That, that. that was yeah, kind that of the that
1: last? Was that was a wrap. Like, once those things start happening, it was a rap, And, um, you, you really you yearn for those things to keep the culture going. New York can't survive those type of things um, with the nightlife and the music industry the way that it is. Atlanta can. Miami can. LA. Houston can. LA, LA can. Chicago seems like the only one that can too as well. It's just... It's unfortunate, man. Because we've, we've been known as the hub for so long.
2: Uh, I feel like now it's where... The artists go to L.A. to create. They go to Atlanta to create, and they come to New
1: York to sign the deal. They, they, this is where the business happens. The, the business happens. Yeah, so it's become like an administrative yes. it's, type it's, of... It's almost like the hip-hop HR. Yes, yes, <laughs> <at> 100%. <laughs> it's only hip-hop, hip-hop HR. Yeah, you got to go to the HR department. Uh, let me get to New York. Right
2: wow, now. that's crazy. So so where does the story uh, start from here? Where are you Where are you from originally?
1: Born and raised in Brooklyn.
2: Well, What um, part of Brooklyn?
1: I'm from... It's, it's crazy. My mom and dad, they never married, but... They, they would co-parent it. So um, Prospect Heights, which is like, you know, if you think about its location, it's um right around the corner. I grew up right around the corner from the Brooklyn Museum. Okay. In uh, Grand Army Plaza area. I used to live over there. Yeah. I was on Lincoln, beautiful in Washington. Beautiful Yeah, it was beautiful. But back when I was growing up, it was nah. horrible. Yeah. <laughs> the New York Times called it um, Crack Kingdom. Wow. Just growing up like the Crooklyn movie, Spike Lee, yep. like that kind of feel back then. And um of course, you know, I'm going to school, I got all my my little hood friends and everything. And then in eighty six, I'm I'm eleven, my mom my mom marries my stepdad, we moved to Japan. Wow. Yeah. So he's so in the Air Force. How, so how did moving to Japan uh shape your life? Like it, it how- totally blew my mind. You know, um, culture shock. Uh, I, I I think I think the culture shock was was so great when I got there um, that I didn't know what it was like when I got back to New York three years later.
2: Also, do you do you remember the moment when your parents tell you like
1: Yeah, I remember. Oh, that's a dope one. That's dope. My mom was like, Yo, um, you know, now that she married my stepdad. He was going in the air force, and then um, I remember we were in the kitchen, and she was like, "Well, he has to go away for training, and then after that, we're gonna figure out, we'll find out where we're going." And the first spot was Japan, Dakota Air Force Base. And I was just like, "Wow, like Japan? Like, you crazy? I'm in fifth grade, just starting, in, like fifth grade." So we did three years there, which was amazing. Learned so much. Um, Now I'm 14, and we come back to New York for a month. This is my first time back in New York. In three years. In three years. It was like, it was almost like I didn't even recognize everything. It's just like black people. It's just black people, and it's (laughs) dirty. And it's, it's, it's really dirty, and it smells. 'Cause Japan is like super clean, cherry blossoms. So to come back and stuff be bad, bad real yeah. like the graffiti looked different. It was angrier. That's crazy. if I, If I could say something like if that makes sense. I don't know, man. Eighty nine. So my mom is like, yo, we um we just got orders for New Mexico. Albuquerque, New Mexico. So I'm like, What? Like the only thing I knew about New Mexico, Albuquerque in particular, was that Bugs Bunny used to say I took a wrong turn in Albuquerque. But what was ill was New Mexico University, they used to have these ill hip-hop shows. And mind you, at 89, I'm 14. Going into 90, I'm, 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 I'm still 14, but I turned 15. Then I went tickets. I was the radio guy. My mom, even back in the 80s, my mom used to always win on the radio in the 80s. She used to win all her tickets to everything. She had the system on her phone, so I start. I have the knack too. I just didn't pursue it as much as she did. But I have that same knack, and I won tickets to go to um, to the university to see that show. And I ended up meeting Search and Zev and Def Jeff, and I was telling them like, "Yo, I want to make beats and all this stuff." And uh, they they were, they entertained me And when I told them I was from New York. They was like. Where, where you from in New York? And I told him Brevoy, Ralph Avenue. And they was like, whatever. I was like, Lincoln Place between Washington and Hill. <laughs> they was like, all right, this kid know what you talking yeah, about. Yeah. They was like, yo, you can roll with us, shorty. And I was just with them chilling, and I and and that feeling of me being with them and being important and being like, I right, I know my hip hop shit. I know you know my area is real. That sparked something in me. But I was still so homesick because now I'm going on like. Going into '91, I'm going into like my fifth year not being in New York. Yeah, you know, so those are the years where you learn about girls. Those are the years you learn about friends. That's those are the years you learn about everything that makes you who you are in your in your real teens. Later, you know, like your makeup. But what was so dope was that because of my lifestyle before I got to Japan, because my uncles were who they were and they gangster stuff and being from where I was, I wasn't the normal eleven. Um, cause you get back
2: to how did you get back to New York, and so, then how, how? Tell me the story of how you got into,
1: like, into writing. Yo, man, I, I guess I got into writing because I was a big fan of comic books and just reading. And um, and then when I got into high school, I went to Sarah J. Hill High School in downtown Brooklyn. Big Daddy came, went there. Um, Bismarcky, Junior Mafia, Little Kim. Wow. Um, and it's like it's like uh, like Ghetto Fame. You word up, Ghetto <laughs> Fame, like Hood Fame. <laughs> yeah, right yeah Ghetto LaGuardia. Guardia. Word, that's what it was. And um, when I got in there, it was it was an English teacher by the name of um, Mr. Yeager, and also like our dean. Um, he wasn't a dean, but he was just like the man, um, Mr. Leach. Those two teachers. Excuse me. They they were the ones that just was like, "Yo, you special." They would tell you that. I was like, not not necessarily like you special, but like your skill set. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like you have, you have a, a talent. Gift. You have a gift. Yeah. You have you have a gift, or we think that you you should do this. And um, my skill set in communication and meeting people, because I've been I was thrown in these situations so young. Um, of meeting new people in these strange places and in situations made it easy for me to kind of be cool with everybody.
2: And and so you you leave high school mm-hmm. and uh, did you have any like training and writing outside of of high school? How'd you get your first job in the industry? No. Like what was what was a big break for you in your in your career yeah. um, that kind of put you in the direction of doing this for for a living?
1: Well. So I'm in Baruch, I'm in Baruch College, which is 10 blocks south of of Vibe at the time. It was like 31st Street, 32nd and 31st, and it was on 23rd, and I'm in the um, computer lab I just failed a math test. After that math test, I was just like bummed out, and I didn't have a computer at home. So the computer lab, I got on. I went, I logged on to vibe.com. They were like one of the only real ones that had like a website. That had a website. This is ninety six. Wow. Yeah, and dial up era. Wow. AOL. All that, all that shit. And they had like this, um, this little sign that was floating that said interns wanted. I clicked it and it had a number. And I called the number. I had like 50 cent on me. I remember I was dead ass broke. I was hungry too. That I was going to go get a bag of chips. I'll never forget. I was going to get a bag of chips. No cell phones, none of that. They had the um, pay phones right across from us. Yeah. So I wrote down the number real quick. I went to the pay phones and I used the 50 cent to call the number. It was a 212 number. And I remember when I called it, the dude picked up my man, uh, Greg Bishop. So he was the one that picked up and was like, "Yo, come up. It's gonna be like 300 people. It's gonna be competitive, man. I hope you get it." Got a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I go to the building, and it was on a Saturday, and the security guard wasn't wasn't trying to hit me. I was like, "Yo, you know, I'm here for the you know the intern thing and vibe." And he was like, "Yeah, ain't nobody here, be." Because I was like, "Yo, this can't be happening." Dude told me to be here at 11. He gotta be here. And I go to the pay phone again, drop the quarters, call the number, he picks up. I'm like, yo, they saying that you ain't there and all this stuff, where you at? Is this the right building? You, you scamming me? Like that type of, yeah?" I'm just rattling. I'm still hood, rattling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, this is foul, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's like, yo, chill, chill. Nah, 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 where you at right there? I was like, I'm on the corner of the, of the drive, right across the street from the building. He was like... Wave your hand. Where, where at? I'm like, oh, on the payphone. phone. He was like, oh. He was like, look up the block. And he was hanging out the window, waving to me. Like, come up, come up. Just come back in the building, man, I got you. I was like, all right, cool. So boom, I go upstairs, and I'm expecting like 300 people. I'm like, you know, 300 people will make some noise. I don't hear nothing. So I'm like, do open the door, and it's like, he opened up. It was like a big gold light shot out of Vibe's doors. It was crazy to me. I was just like, wow. And I'm like, yo, where, where everybody at? And he was like, oh, I was just trying to see if you was going to be scared, man. I, I, I just said that to see if you was going to show up or not. He was like, I just had to do some work up in here today. So, you know, I figured i would just have you come up here. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? What if I was scared? What if I was scared? It was like, damn, 300 people. I ain't going to make it. How about this, though? This was, This is the kicker that I hardly ever get to deep dive into. The internship was for a site called The Suicide, D-A-S-E-W-A-S-I-D-E, which was Greg's sub-site on Vibe's site.
2: Okay, okay.
1: It was his own little underground hip-hop e-zine. That's what they used to call them back then, electronic zines. E-zine on Vibe Online. Which was already not looked at with a whole lot of respect because it was all about print in '96. Right. The website was just a promotional tool at that point, and no one really thought about it until the crew that I ended up linking with. They took that shit serious, and they got Tupac. They got one of the last interviews with Tupac on camera. That's when they started like kind of like oh, okay, the website kind of it's
2: doing something. something.
1: <laughs> That's not the print. This is some shit you can see Tupac being mad at, and why? Right, <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? But still was getting shit in on because it was still like that's the internet, right? That's not the thing. And um, I came around that time. I came in May of '96. This is when it, this is Tupac's full on onslaught against Bad Boy. By September, he's dead. I get to see how vibe handles a catastrophe like that. It's a tragedy. In stopping the presses, you know, putting a cover over a cover, which was the new edition cover, they were just getting back together with Puff, yeah. And that was in the uh, whole like Home Again, yeah, the Home Again time, yeah. And um, I'm right there for that, and I'm I'm soaking all this in, and I I hate to say, but that time really made me realize this is what I want to do. I want to do this. I want to be able to report and give my Expertise on hip hop culture and what's happening right now, as the as the game is hurting because of this, and now what's going to happen to Biggie, and now like what's going to, what's going to happen to you know the East Coast West Coast war and all this stuff. I, I wanted to be involved in kind of breaking down and helping people understand that because everybody there's no social media, right? Like it's really,
2: like really, the beautiful thing about at that time as well is that your narrative was the narrative of yeah of history.
1: That's That's all that's there. Yep. That's all that's there. And if anybody wants to go back now, it's going to be revisionist history. Yep. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like they romanticize it a little bit too much.
2: And what was your what was your first job? What was your first job uh, or your first big
1: assignment? So after I got the internship, um, I was working with the Vibe Online team. As much as I was working on the the suicide stuff, they started to see that I was I was like one of those those kids that always. Even to this day, book bag, going to events, I had built up from running around trying to produce for cats. I had built up um, a really strong network of connectors, and um, from my network, once I got the internship, they realized like I come in with a bunch of net. With a bunch of connections. right? So they're like, yo, we got this movie thing that we want you to do. The first big one I remember as an intern was um, Nia Long.
2: Oh, man.
1: They sent me to the Love Jones uh, movie junket. Lorenz Tate. Lorenz Tate. I had to interview them. That was like my first big thing. What was that like? It was incredible, man. Nia, Nia Long was like the hottest young black actress at the time. She's still
2: the hottest young yes, black actress. Yes, yeah, exactly. Still <laughs>
1: is. Some things never change. Never change. And I remember I dressed up for it, and she could tell I was like a little uncomfortable. And um, But the thing was, the other journalists from like, you know, big spots. They was like, "This is DeTroit Thomas for vibe." I was like, B-. and they said vibe online. I was like, Ooh. "Wow, that's official." <laughs> that was huge. That was huge. <laughs> and I'm nervous. nervous as hell. I'm so nervous. And I remember she was like, "Hey, you good? Are you good?" I was like, "All right, cool." And it was like a round robin kind of kind of talk. It was other other um journalists. Yeah, but I was closest to her, and I was like, "Yeah, so you from Brooklyn?" And she was like, What? Nobody had really spoke on the fact that she was from Brooklyn, like she was born in Brooklyn. And she
3: was like, What what, what?
1: It shocked her. Everybody else was looking like, cause I guess like in her bio, it doesn't necessarily right, it's
2: work. also pre-Wiki. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like
1: pre-Wiki, like right. you had to go do your search. Yeah, this is serious. Yeah, and I was I was talking about Brooklyn with her and then she started getting like her whole shit changed. Like her tone and her voice. <laughs> She's like, Yeah, Kingston now. I was like, Kingston. Like, oh, you from Kingston? I'm from Primo. Da, da, da. Yo, it got real, it got slightly hood for a second.
0: <laughs> Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu.
3: So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either.
1: It was that was a dope moment that made me realize that I had something unique that all these other big spots didn't have. I had perspective, and I also had the kind of information that um, I felt could be the edge that I can use in my writing. That's amazing. Yeah, it was dope.
2: And so and so you you uh, you were over at Double XL.
1: Yes, yeah, and we used to have this intern room up at Vibe. So everybody used to go in there, and my man, Mike Hawsworth, who was an um, online designer and tech dude, he used to bring his 1200s so we could DJ up there. We used to have an intern room with 1200s with a mixer, and he would DJ on our breaks. And I remember when um, when Mike, he turned the turntables on, he was he was zig and Rich was in there, and Rich was like, yo, I met this guy, Reginald Dennis, and he had his card. And it was the double XL card. And he was like, Yeah. I was like, Reginald Dennis from the Source? And I was like, yo, I think they left. And he was like, Yeah, they left and they started this. And it was um double XL. It wasn't even out yet. Not even a preview issue. Wow. So I was like, Yo, you called him? He ran into him on the street and he recognized him and got his card somehow. But I was a fan of Reggie's because he used to have this column in the source called the Dennis Files. Mm-hmm. Um my man Rich, he, he had the card, and I just grabbed the card from him, and was like, "Yo, you gonna call dude?" He was like, "Nah." I was like, "I'm gonna call him," and I called Reggie, and I told him I was a writer for Vibe, which I was an intern for. Oh, stretch it. I said I, I was stretching, man. I was like, "Yeah, I do this, that, and the third. And all he did was entertain me. He was laughing probably because he's he knows everybody over there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I had no idea like how how small the industry was at that time, as far as like writers of significance and if i was dope like i said i was he would know me
3: right you know what i mean
1: <laughs> so he was just like laughing i think i could hear him laughing you know what i'm saying? like where are you from There? Where? okay that's so funny why don't you come up here <laughs> you know what i'm saying and i came up to harris publications 1115 broadway right on the corner right where 4040 is now yes it was the eighth floor seventh and eighth floor at the time and um we sat down, we we spoke for three hours straight. Five five thirty to eight thirty, I'll never forget. And neither one of us got up. And I was just telling I I basically avalanched him with all my hip hop shit. Everything, everything up until that moment that I had gotten from before I went to Japan, in Japan, all my New Mexico shit, all the stuff that I had learned from um from producing and studying records with my uncles every it was like everything all into that moment with Reggie to the point where he was like he never even read my clips wow all my stuff from vibe online he was just like yo i got some stuff for you to write and i'll never forget that feeling man like and i got my first check i remember my first check was like what was my first check with double it must have been like 1300 <sighs> Yo, I and, remember. And, b- and back then? 96, broke ass day. 1300 mm-hmm. right now is good. 1300. It was something around 1300. It might have been a little more. I'm, I'm going to ask my cousin because he was with me when I cast it. We was like, whoa. <laughs> he was like, nigga, hey, you wrote, yo, go right now. He was like, go right <laughs>
3: <laughs> He He wanted be
1: right there. He was so like, good. yo, go get that. And I remember I had to wait. I had to wait like, like three months. I had turned it in, and I started questioning, like, yo, are they playing me? And I remember questioning Reg, and he laughed at me, like, nah, man, get paid when it come out. That's you crazy. Know? And I had no idea what that was like, because the whole time I was at Vibe, I never got paid.
2: I also want to know, how did you, uh, uh, explain to me the origins of the freshman? The-
1: oh, wow, man. So, boom, Elliot had done an issue called Leaders of the New School, with like, 10 dudes, all white jackets and stuff like that. And it was like Boozy, uh, Saigon, Papoose, Crooked Eye, all of those guys that was killing at the time. Excuse me. And the it, the issue didn't do as well as they would have liked. Um, I think mainly because of just the visual of how it was. Okay. You know, the guys were really small, but the idea was dope. And then I was like, yo, it'll be ill if we. You know, did that with like all the mixtape cats, da da da, and just repackage it, and make it a tour, and you know, make make a little record and have the guys rap and all that. And I put all those different things together for the freshman. Yeah, and man, oh man, the response was overwhelming. It was crazy. Landmark. Yo, it was wild, wale, and and it was just like the timing was right. You know. Wale was on the first cover. It was like three cover joint. Wale, B.O.B., Asher Roth, Charles Hamilton. Then you flipped it. Then it was Corey Guns, uh Mickey Facts and Blue. Then you flipped it and it was Ace Hood, Currency, and Kid Cuddy. Crazy. And people was like, wow, man. It, it was so dope. And... I, my thing was like putting this whole production together where I was like, yo, we're going to have them rap, but you ain't going to know who it is until we drop the cover. And we were like putting on the internet like these little visuals of dudes like Kid Cudi, he was rapping, but he had his bape hoodie zipped all the way to the top. Yeah, Um uh Currency had like the bandana across his face. Blue had his back to the camera. Somebody else had their hand over their mouth. It was crazy. And I just felt like this was gonna be something that any kid anywhere could feel like they could make the cover. Who doesn't want that opportunity?
2: Yeah, it, it became like the 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 almost like an Apollo performance of publications. You wanted to be on it. You wanted there. to be on you it. Want like that. you you wanna just star on, on on in Harlem. Yeah. You, you, know you, you, you wanna that. You exactly. wanna rub
1: you wanna rub that little tree. It,
2: and it became almost like a rookie of the year.
1: You had to love it, man. Like you had type it. of feeling, yeah. You had so that
2: had to be, feel great to like contribute something like that to the culture that's became oh, a staple,
1: to the point where I went, I went to a, I went to a party. I, I think I've told this before. I went to um, LeBron James' birthday party in Cleveland. Subtle flex, yeah, not even. Because <laughs> after Double XL, after I did that, I went, I went with Russell to um, Global Grind, and um, I remember I was at. I was at his birthday party, it was snowing, it was crazy. It was a nut, nut crazy party. Everybody was in there, man, Acos, Jeezy, you know, Drake, everybody that was huge at the time was in this party. And um, I remember Drake was like, yeah, you ain't, you ain't pick me for you, for your cover. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> I was like, yo, So Far Gone wasn't really, like, all the way out, you know what <laughs> I'm saying? He's like, nah, man, nah, man. Yeah, I that mean, cool. you, you got to eat that one. And what was funny was like, I remember his name came up, but the So Far Gone wasn't all the way there. It was like a couple of songs. Yeah. But by the time it came out, So Far Gone was like, got so buy far it. gone. So it looked, it looked like, yo, what y'all do? Y'all dropped the bag. You dropped the bag, brother. You That's know what I'm funny. Saying? I remember that. But um, I, I love Drake, man. He's a super cool cat.
2: I want to ask you about. Um, you know, why did you decide to start King? Like, what was the process yeah. of starting a magazine? So, wow. where where did the idea of 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 uh, creating King come from? Uh-huh. And what was the process of like making that that happen and come to fruition?
1: Double XL was probably that that precursor to letting me know like it gets better, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, at the time, I was uh, a young editor and. I had the responsibility of editing the upfront section, so that was like the letters section when people actually used to write, handwrite letters. Yeah, <laughs> back in the olden days, they used to handwrite the letters and they would send them in. Mainly, a lot of guys that were locked up, <laughs> or their girlfriends. Yeah, that would write for them, um, and they'll be like, "Page thirty-eight had something about rims." You know, yo, I want to, I want to know who that girl was. Yo, the clothes on such and such page, and I used to be like, they ain't even talking about the music. Yeah, they're not talking about the music. They're talking about the lifestyle and everything around it. In our cubicle, we had nothing but girls. We had girls all over there, to the point where we had cartoon, cartoon girls. That was hot. Wow. <laughs> like the
2: like Lola Bunny. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> like that type of stuff. And um, we was like, yo, we need a girl section, and we put in eye candy. I Candy became what it was, and then King kind of spiraled out of that idea of King, kind of spiraled out of that in our ride section that we wanted. And I wanted to have a magazine that had both of those sensibilities because when I went to the barbershop, that's what dudes talked about. I, I wanted a magazine that the guys talked about in whole, not just the music, because Double XL was just the music.
2: And what, what did it feel like with. Um one song in particular, when I think of King, was T Pain. I can't believe it. No doubt. What What was that feeling like when you heard that record? And And what do you think that did for the brand at that time?
1: The T Pain shout out and the Game shout out. Yep. For For Maya, in the video. In the video,
2: in the video it wasn't video, the video.
1: In the video, those two were, were paramount. Man, it, it was it was like. I remember when the publisher was like, why y'all not getting mentioned in rap songs? And I, Boom. Mean, I mean, literally like a week later, I bet you he thought I went and called somebody <laughs> and we started getting mentioned all the time after that. But I remember him saying that, like, y'all, y'all doing good, but why y'all not getting mentioned in the song? <laughs> Next week. Boom. We Crazy. It was like a big punch in the face on him.
2: How did you how did you uh hear uh, about the T Paines? Like
1: oh man, I was uh I think the I was driving was and the record came Cause in the wrecking game. Cuz you look so good. Tell me why you want to work here. I put you on the front page of a King magazine, but you going to get yourself hurt here. Hey, maybe I, I, I heard it. Monster record. I put record. you in the King magazine, but I was like, "What? What? That was sound like Lil Jon. That's crazy. <laughs> I was like, yo, this is nuts." And that was a monster record.
2: And thing was scorching at that time,
1: and everybody wanted to know what was King when what he was going to put this girl on. What yeah. was that about?
2: Um, did you give me a time where you you know you were given like a uh, the privilege to hear some of the hottest music exclusively?
1: Oh, Are there any stories behind that? Some some that I I would say, God, I've I've told the Kanye. College dropout story where you know I met I met him officially at the Clones listening session at Soho House for um, Pharrell and Chad's album and took us downstairs. Me and my man Jermaine Hall took us downstairs and he played it in his G five hundred and it was like maybe it was only like maybe four or five songs in at that time. But you but
2: but you how did how, how did Kanye how did the entire interaction happen? He was like, Yo, I'm gonna like. Play you
1: something. Oh, because he recognized me from the magazine and being on TV. Okay. So he was like, yo, you that king dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, me. That's it, Yo, and, and for someone that loves Amber Rose, I guess, you know, yeah, he, he knew, he knew he, I was he, the guy that had you. the girls. You yeah, go. exactly. And um, that was funny because I was over by the bar. I remember he had on all white. He just came up to me like, you that king dude. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I am. And did you know who Kanye was at, the, yeah, at this time? Yeah, definitely because he was rocking at that point, um, just on the production, you know. Um I, I wanna say this is like maybe two thousand two. Yeah, it's around two thousand one, two thousand two. Okay. But I didn't know of him and he was floating around the city and stuff like that. But to fast forward a bunch of years. From college dropout, for me having him come up and meet Elliot and playing stuff for him and stuff for Double XL. Each album after, he would at least have me come through to an early session to hear stuff. Wow! So late graduation, um, late registration. I'm sorry, late registration. I was there for like um, the song "Late."
2: How, how do you get these
1: calls? Did he call you? He called me. It was like, yo, I'm gonna be over at the studio, and I would come, but it would always be super late. It would be super late. It would be like one in the morning. Really? Yeah, I, I went to those kind of sessions.
2: And so, like, who would be like in the room
1: during oh, the man, sessions? For the for college dropout, I heard it at the G500 on the street. For late registration, excuse me, I um, I heard that with consequence in there. And then for graduation, um, I was in with him in Cali, which is a crazy situation. Um, and that one was dope. Wait, That's, wait, wait. But how'd you get, to, you flew out, you flew out I, to Cali? I flew out to Cali. I was out there. Yo, this is the crazy thing about that one. I, I, I don't even think I told this story. I go out to Cali for a photo shoot that I had to do for King. My fashion director was also, at the time, she was um, styling for a Nelly Okay, So she was like, yo, me and Nelly are over at this photo shoot with Vanity Fair um, for all the rappers. She's like, everybody over here. She's like, you just landed? Come over here. Come straight here. Don't even go to the hotel. I go straight there with my man Adele, who is my West Coast editor. We go over to this photo shoot for Vanity Fair. <laughs> and it was like Vanity Fair's foray into like, here's all the rappers. That's dope. So they had Eve and... Bow Wow and Ice T and Luda and Nelly and Kanye and a bunch of them. And they had like all these different setups. And I think it was Mark Sel- Seliger, the photographer, the great photographer. Yeah. yeah. So he had all these different setups. So one setup was like a library room. One was like a little rec room with a pool table. One was like um like a smoke room. And when I get there, I'm looking for my my fashion director, and I'm looking for Nelly. But Kanye is right there. He's like, yo, Dave, what up? And I see I'm cool with him. He's like, yo, what's going on? What's going on? So they had just finished their part. And I guess the rest of them had to do some of their part. And Ye was like, yo, you got to come to the crib. You got to come to the crib. You got to hear the music. I was like, all right, cool. I just got to go meet with Nelly and him. He was like, nah, man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> He's like, nah, nah, nah Come down I was like, yo, they, I think they right over there He's like, nah, man, nah <laughs> I don't even know if I saw them I can't remember if I saw them or not Ye yeah, just straight took me <laughs> outside And he had the brand new McLaren Benz Like crazy with the shit with the wings Oh my like, god going up. Shit looked like the Star Back Wars to the, Back to the Future joint Yeah, yeah. he had that drink, Just, you know, on the humble and I remember we walked out with Ice-T. And Ice-T was like, you going to get in the car with him? Didn't he make a song about not being able to drive? <laughs> I remember that shit. <laughs> yeah, he just looked at him. <laughs> he just looked at him like, man, he was like, yo, all right, man. <laughs> like, buckle up. Yo, good like, point, he, though. He, he he made, he made like, the reference to buckle up. Like, I was dying. So we get in the car. We pull, yo, the car was crazy. The car was Crazy. Like crazy plush like rugs and shit. <laughs> he backs he backs up to pull out of the of the um, parking lot, and as we coming out, he speeds to the stop sign. And yo, I swear to you, it was an old lady pushing the shopping cart. I thought he was gonna kill this woman. I was like, no, yo, I-, this, I was like, this drive right now. He was like, yeah, I live up in the hills. I was like, oh my God, he was about to kill his grandma. <laughs> the grandma looked like a whole life came out of her. A whole life.
2: She, <laughs> al- she almost got hit by time. Yo, yo,
1: it was the craziest thing. So then he he looks at me. <laughs> he looks at me and I just look at him like, aye, man. Like, <laughs> I see my <laughs> So my man, my man, hey, yo, hey, I gotta tell this. I gotta tell this, hey. My man Adele. He was supposed to follow us. Because Ye was like, yeah, just follow me. I forgot what A was in, whatever car it was. It was not catching a McLaren, bro. <laughs> Ye was out. <laughs> out. I was like, yo, my, my man followed me. He's like, oh, he'll catch up. <laughs> he'll catch us out of the light. I was uh, like, it don't look like you're stopping at lights. You know, I'm thinking this to myself. Yeah. Yo. He left my man. <laughs> he left my man. <laughs> that is, and so I, I remember funny. I had my phone on me, and my phone was dying, so I couldn't even tell my man where we was going. So we get up in the hills, and we had... we had, um we we approaching Yay Crib, and I was like, "Oh, this joint crazy!" And um, we he, he takes me through the crib, and I remember seeing like the the um, Jetsons stuff that's in that um. What video is that where he's smoking the animated one? Oh, it's about um it's from uh it's from uh eight oh eight. Eight oh eight. So this is before the eight oh eight though, but the 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 visuals for that, it was the artwork with Elroy and Tessins, yeah. that's in his crib. And I'm like, wow, then go into like his dressing room, or like like his, his a room that was just like a closet and it was like different levels, and then that's when he was in his Mirakami phase. Um, and we just start talking about life. We start talking about life, and he was like, You want something to drink? I was like, Yeah, and then he it was like a wall, and the wall was the refrigerator. and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah, like, this is some other shit, Martha Stewart ain't up on this, shit, like, and um. So we bounced from there. He was like, yo, I want to play you some joints. I was like, all right. So I'm thinking he's going to play me some joints in the crib. He was like, nah, we're going to the studio. Go to the studio. It's like, who is it? Um, Pharrell, Common, Rick Rubin, and Larry Charles. And if you're a Seinfeld fan like I am, you'll know that Larry Charles is one of the producers of the Seinfeld show
2: Wait How does this kind of session happen
1: This It's crazy how, how does this He was going He was He was going to Cause does he get a phone call Like yo we nah, just going Nah He was he, he had that session planned already Wow That was just something that he was That he was doing Mind you My man meets us there <laughs> Oh, he's hot. Yeah, my he's man's hot. Like, he was like, "Yo, I, yo, what happened?" I'm sorry, A. I don't know you <laughs> exactly. Man, but... <laughs> I don't man. know you, bro. But like, I feel for you, bro. My man A is like, "Yo, what the fuck?" <laughs> he meets us at that joint. You know what I mean? What was it? Uh, record plant. Wow. Record plant. And um, so he's um, he's playing me "Good Life." He's playing me "Power." He's playing me all these different joints, man. I'm on the West Coast like, yo, this is crazy. And Pharrell is just like sitting there like getting inspired. And then he's talking about the things that he's working on. And then I was just like, wow, man, this is dope. This is like the creative space, the juice that you need to be inspired. If you ever need to be inspired, that was the that was the moment. That's where I was, like super battery in the back. And then I remember... um so a whole bunch of events happen. Boom. That goes. Get back to New York. I get called by Big Sean. You gotta come to the studio. Gotta come to the studio right now. I was like, yo, I'm about to go. He's like, I don't care. Come to the studio. I was like, all right. I get to the studio. I don't know. I'm thinking he's doing something. Next thing you know, he's like, I'm on my way there. He calls me again. Yo, Ye is here. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I get in. Start. I'm scared. Boom! I get in. Ye is playing. Ye is Ye is uh, tweaking. He's He's mixing power, the song power, and he's trying to get these certain drums that he needs for the for the joint. Oh, uh, why is Jay Z walks in? So now in the in the studio, it's Jay Brown, Jay Z, Kanye, Big Sean, Ron Fest is in the back. A track. Wow. I'm sitting there. I'm looking at Sean, like, I just want to hug him. Just to be like, thank you, you know, for bringing me here, like, having me come. So he plays Big Brother for Jay Z for the first time. No and way. I, and I'm sitting right there. Stadium and I'm looking status. at Jay's reaction to Big Brother. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> My Big Brother was Big's brother. Used to be Dane
2: and Big's brother. Who was hip by brother? Who was no ID friend, no ID my
1: mentor. and I let the story begin. It's the hard-knock life tour. Sellout picture. Us in the mall copping iceberg and yell out, Jigga. Yeah, that's a weird yell out. Wait, what, what, what's, what's Jay's reaction Jay to it? Jay was so cool. Man. Yo, this is a Jay-Z reaction. <laughs> Yo, so, man. Jay-Z is the black Fonzie, man. Like, you can't. Was he was he impressed? He was, was impressed, and I remember he didn't turn to anybody. He was at he was at the board, you know, the board with all the controls and everything. He was yeah. at the board and just bobbing his head. He had his hand on the boards. He was bobbing his head. Big's brother. It was Bigs, brother. And I was like, and this is my first time hearing it. So I'm looking at him like my eyes are wide. And I'm all the way like. This is a huge-ass studio. This, I think I want to say it was Chung King or where Chung King used to be. And um, I remember Jay at the end, because Kanye kind of get at him a little. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? He used like, to talk
2: about the, 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 the Coldplay. Play.
1: Yeah, the Coldplay line was yep. the one that caught me. I was like, first run, caught me. I was like, ooh, Chris Mine, oh, shit. He's saying Jay took, like, took his idea. Yeah. And I was like, yikes. And Jay was just bobbing. And I remember it stopped. We was all looking. And I'm like, Jay was like, yo, what we doing? We working? Or we, what we chilling? Like, <laughs> Everybody get back to work. This album got to get out, don't it? And, yo, and then you see how you laugh? Everybody started laughing. That's We were all wondering what he's going to say. He was like, yo, everybody get back to work. <laughs> I mean, I I guess in Jay's mind, Jay's like, yo, this is going to sell out of records. Yo, this is going going to be the shit. (laughs) Yo, but I just want people, if you hear that story, like, imagine hearing Big Brother for the first time with that. I think DJ Toom did it. Yeah, yeah. Like, Toom, and and, you know, his his hits are just like, and I just remember them hits just hitting hard, like, and every time Jay was saying something to him, it was like a hit with a hit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, just musically. And to be in that room and to witness that, and then I remember, I remember uh, Sean just turned, like, whew, his eyebrows went up. And, like, <laughs> and I was just sitting there like, wow, man, I'm at this moment.
2: it's a pleasure to have you on the show. You are the man.